Someone call a cop. Another edition of Two Middle-Aged Men in Cleveland. Ted, 51. We're not quite at the streak of Joe DiMaggio, but we're getting closer every week. <laughs> and I know this week, I think we both have some stories to talk about concerning our children. Yeah, we had the Pinewood Derby, the famous oh! Pinewood Derby this weekend, this past weekend, which for me means the creation of three Pinewood Derby cars. And, you know, you try to have your kids help you, but at the end of the day, who's building these cars, Ken? More than likely, it's going to be yourself or an yeah. adult. Yep. Yep. So you got to cut the wood, paint it, design it, whatever you want, and then put the axles in and hope it runs. And I have been pretty busy, so I did not have the opportunity to have my kids terribly involved in the creation process. And I did my research online and learned about having the back wheels at angles, bending the axles, having one wheel off at the front, putting the graphite on. I did all that. Now, last year, our kids finished, oh, middle of the pack, and uh, our youngest won his den. Wow. Well, that was exciting. <clears throat> that was last year. <laughs> this year. <clears throat> this year. My youngest son finished third out of five in his den, which meant he'd got to come back for the champions race. My middle son finished eighth out of eight. And my oldest son finished 12th out of 12. That's all right, man. They're in it. They're in it. Yeah. Yeah. The, the Pinewood Derby. I did that in Cub Scouts as well. And I have one quick story on that. My, my dad and I are on the same level when it comes to the abilities of using our hands well or engineering yep. or doing anything crafty, which we don't have a level. There's no level. So we put the car together. I was like in third grade. We're all excited. It painted it blue. It was looking great. We're going to do a test run. So I was out of uh, St. Charles. That's where I did Cub Scouts out of. So we're in the gym and we're going to do a test run on this car, put it on there, put it down the track. We put it down a track that wasn't completed. So the thing <laughs> fell on the floor, the wheels fell off. And done. I think that was about it for uh, us running the race. So yep. we were done. Yeah, we were done. I was talking to a dad who was there, who was pretty handy. He didn't get the special wheels. He didn't get the special axles. He didn't bend the axles. He used the kit, put a couple weights in. Designed it, painted it, and ran it. He had the second fastest car in the whole thing. That's awesome. You know what? That's so, the way it should be. Yeah. That's the way it should be. That's what I'm doing next year. Yep. You learn from others, no doubt. And you know what? You shouldn't have to take 15 hours to put your car together, to be honest no. with you. Two minutes, have your child help, and go from there. So I myself have a quick kid story from this past weekend as well. My son was in a robotics tournament, which I've never gone to. Mm. Um, didn't know what to expect. Had no idea what it was. He put together basically this Lego car and competed in all these different events, like a sumo event to knock the other car out. And then they did like a two meter run. A sumo the, event. They call it sumo. Yeah. Basically <laughs> set up as a sumo event. You have two cars that go together and you try to push the other one out or flip them. Wow. Over. It's kind of cool. 
<laughs> he ended up finishing second overall, and I've never seen him so excited. It was very cool. You could tell it's one of these things that he really enjoyed. He put the car together, and it was awesome. And then my daughter had a soccer game, first one outdoors, which was great, and she's getting better all the time, getting more comfortable playing. So it was cool, you know, and we've talked about this before being middle-aged dads. It is great to see your kids work through something, have some maybe, you know, some problems with what they're working through, but show improvement later and working through adversity. It's awesome. I absolutely yep. love it. it. Was it was just an outstanding weekend. Well, my middle uh, my middle son, one of the heats, you know, there's four lanes, so you get to run four times, one in each heat, one in each lane. One of the heats, I think two of the heats actually. He didn't finish last. He finished third. Yeah. He jumped so high. He was so excited. It was tremendous. That's awesome. My oldest son didn't get quite as excited and he <laughs> blamed. He was like, I think my car's slow because I didn't spin the wheels enough with the graphite. Okay, let's go with that. Yep. I love, <laughs> love that answer. That's sounds Let's good. go with that. <clears throat> yep. Take some of the heat off of me. <laughs> Whatever you want to do, pal. Deflect. Deflect. Yep. yep. All right. Well, coming up on this show, we're going to talk with Justin Gorski, DJ Kiszka. Oh, yeah, baby. A legend in the Polish polka community. Fair to say, Ken? Oh, 100% correct. Yes. All right. We've also got some good news. We're going to have five questions with my kid. Ken, I have a mother-in-law moment to share. Oh, I know you can't wait. Here we go. In uh, Klops Clips. We're also going to tell you about a groom who trusted his GPS a little too much and <clears throat> wound up at the, the wrong engagement party. <laughs> so we got all that and a lot more coming up. This speak of the week, President Joe Biden was giving remarks at the White House last week about Moscow and had a little trouble with the name of that country's leader. I also made clear to President Putin that the United States... <clears throat> the gentleman's name, Mr. President, is Vladimir Putin. That's Putin, not Cluton. Although, this does remind me of the old joke that maybe we ought to have him buy a dog and name it Clue, so then he'll have one. That is the misspeak of the week. Ted Klopp here for Westminster AV. You've heard me talk about their top-notch rental services, but don't take my word for it. Here are some Google reviews. The Ohio Society of Association Executives says, not only do they meet every need we have, they anticipate additional services and requests that we have had and are always prepared. The Westside Catholic Center says, the elements they added to our event enhanced every aspect of the evening. Very easy to work with, incredibly knowledgeable, and made adjustments on the fly. Whether you are planning a virtual or an in-person event, Westminster AV should be your first call for dependable, professional, audiovisual equipment rentals. Call today, 216-325-6960. Again, the number, 216-325-6960. Today's guest started taking piano lessons at the age of five. He hated the lessons, but it helped transform him into playing his own type of music. 
He wrote his first song at the age of 12. He released an album on May 8th, 2020 called Home during the pandemic. This was his second album under the name Big Hoke and his first recording release in 10 years. He is also known as a local personality, DJ Kishka. Don's <laughs> the gray elastic beard, feathered fedora, and leading a Polish festival called Dingus Day in Cleveland. If that's not enough, he and his wife started a restaurant in 2012 called Cleveland Vegan on Detroit Road in Lakewood, Ohio. Let's talk with Justin Gorski. Justin, thank you so much for taking the time with us today. Thank you, guys. I, uh, I, it's interesting hearing the, the intro. Wow. Yeah, you've done a lot of stuff. I, I, really I know. I, <laughs> my life doesn't seem so uh, horrible after you read that. Thank you. Well, before I'm not going to that cliff yet. <laughs> before we talk about everything you do and everything you're involved with, let's talk about Big Hoke, first of all. Talk about the albums you've created and how you came up with the idea for Big Hope. You know, it's fun. my my mom actually asked me that this weekend. She's like, "Where did that name come from?" And uh, so, the first album I did, I uh, I I'd moved. Let's see, yeah, I'd moved back from the University of Dayton. I was playing there with the band uh, called Gulliver's Traveling Medicine Show. It was a probably the most well I've the strangest names band I've ever been in but it was kind of the you know we were doing the hippie jam band thing back in in college I didn't want to admit it but that's basically what, what it was <laughs> and uh but I came back home and I didn't have any know any other players so I, I and I was still writing music I'd done an album written an album with that band and was home and uh so I was doing this in the early I think it was around 2000 uh the year that is and uh, and I was listening to the music and I had one of those moments where, you know, it's like, what am I doing with my life? And, it's, you know, you kind of question yourself and, and, and what you're doing. And I said to myself, this is the hokiest I've ever heard in my entire life. What am I doing? And then I'm like, you know what? That's not a bad name for a band. You know, so I so I, so I named a big hoke and. Uh, and I've kind of used that moniker for things that I've done, um, original stuff. I didn't want to use my own name. I thought that was, you know, a lot of people do that. And I don't know. I just, I wanted to leave it open to be able to do solo stuff and also have a band play. And the musicians kind of come in and out that support support this music. So it was a good way, I think, to, to kind of just, you know, put an umbrella over just the uh, original stuff that I've been working on. Sure. So my understanding is that you are able to play multiple instruments. So I'm curious, how many instruments <laughs> can you play? Well, and did you start this at a young age or how did this come about? Uh, yeah, well, I was forced to, uh, at the age of five, start taking lessons. I definitely did not like, like I said, I didn't like it. it took me about seven years or so. Uh, and then I started playing things that I liked. Uh, I, I was big into the Motown and Beatles and, you know, 50s and 60s musics. So I started learning that stuff and I, it became fun all of a sudden for me. So, and that's how I learned chords and chord progressions and how to solo and blues scales and things like that. Um, you know, the classical training got me technically adept, but the, uh, you know, I was into more of the pop singer songwriter, you know, kind of music like that. So that's where I ended. As far as playing instruments, really, if it has keys, I can, get along on it fine 
um, if you know three or four good, you know, chords on a guitar, you can play thousands of songs. So um, I wouldn't call myself a guitar player, but I could probably play music for an hour on a guitar <laughs> and sing songs, you know, just strumming along. Um, I did play the clarinet for a little bit. Uh, obviously, I love the accordion. Um, but uh, yeah, mostly, mostly anything with keys. Uh, I, I play a mean tambourine if I have to. Um, <laughs> that would be my best but, instrument, uh, to be yeah. honest with you, Justin. That's, I can, that's I'm, one really of my good at, I'm really good at the triangle. If you need any help with that. <laughs> yeah, you know, and hey, there's a place for that. I've, there's been a couple instances where uh, you need a triangle. You need a triangle player, you know, there's yeah. no, there's no shame in that. Mm -hmm. So, so yeah, I, you know, and, I could probably fake fake my way through uh, an instrument if I had to these days, but uh, you know, not not that well. Um, I I still like sticking with just the the piano. You know. Sure. Well, sure. I, I just think it's impressive that people that they can play music and different instruments and things like that. So now as we do a little bit of a shift, okay? So we talked about Big Hoke, and then well, in two thousand, well, you know, like real quick, re sure. real quick, Ted. You know what I you know what I think it is is once you learn the musicality like the language of music, you can apply that. Like you already have rhythm. Yeah. You know, well, you allegedly, in my case, that'd be allegedly, but well, okay. Right. Right. Exactly. <laughs> I, you know, if, if you studied long, if you learn one instrument, I'm saying, yeah. you already know how to read music, you know, the rhythm. So you've got, and you know how to emote, you know, through an, you know, kind of use that instrument to say what you would like, you know, to express the feelings of the piece or what you're, of what you would like. So really it's just a matter of technic technical, ability you know that's sure. all. so sure. it doesn't take as long for your next instrument because you've already taken these steps that's all. got it understand understand well shifting now into another venture that you're a part of so your wife and yourself started a restaurant called cleveland vegan 2012 in lakewood ohio talk about yeah. the idea of creating a vegan restaurant here in the cleveland area yeah so this was i was playing with the uh, I was playing with a band called the Magpies here in Cleveland uh, uh, around and, and we had broken up at uh, right around 2012, I, I believe. And, uh, and I was looking to move to Austin and start playing music there. I had some connections and um, there's a bigger music scene there that you could, you know, make, make a living off of. And uh, just something didn't seem right for me. Uh, I felt like I was kind of given up on Cleveland for some strange reason. I, I've always loved this town. I love the blue collared, you know, working class, honest person that lives in Cleveland, you know, <laughs> stereotypical, sure. I guess, honest Clevelander that, you know, and, and I do love this town. And uh, so my wife and I were, were talking about, you know, we were going to get married and have kids and we didn't, we didn't want to move away from our families and we love Cleveland. And at the time, I was working for another friend of our, uh, uh, Matt DeGrandis, who went to Ignatius as well. And I went to sure. UD with him. And um, he, had, he, was, he was opening a catering business and needed help. So I was helping him out at the time. And I was also transitioning into being uh, uh, into like a vegan plant-based lifestyle, you know. So it dawned on me, maybe, you know, the music was kind of over. And uh, I needed kind of another outlet for, uh, for creativity. And I realized that, you know, you don't have to play music to be creative. You can have other mediums, right? So I, 
I jumped into cooking and I loved that. And, um, and no one was doing any, anything vegan at all at the time. So I decided to do a, a vegan catering business. And Matt was kind enough to let me um, use his uh, kitchen for, for a few years. I think it ended up being in the end um, to kind of get this off the ground. And uh, we immediately got a gig for Vitamix, who I'm sure you guys know about Vitamix. Sure. They, um, they, the, the owners, it's a family run business and the owners um, were vegan and they wanted to introduce this type, type of, uh, you know, eating to their staff. So um, within my son was born and the next day I went and I made uh, lunch for a hundred people at, at Vitamix and they hired us. And at the end of two years, after we were making lunches for 400 people a week for them. Wow. So the business just took off. So I really didn't have any chance to say, Hey, let's go to Austin or do this or pursue music. It was like, all right, now you have a family and a new business and you're staying here. And uh, well, it it probably saved my life. (laughs) (laughs) Well, aside from that, too much fun in Austin. This no, is this that. is what I I'm most curious about. The persona <laughs> DJ Kishka has oh, apparently been around for 15 years. Called the Polka King of Cleveland. Yeah, uh, the self-proclaimed. Who is Polka, what is actually. what is DJ Kishka? How did that start? How did you get involved? Tell us about playing polka oh, music. Man. So that was that started happening uh, as just kind of a goof. Uh, well, I guess it still is kind of a goof, but uh, I. I saw in the paper, uh, I think 2006 or seven or something like that, um, that the happy dog was having a polka happy hour and I'm Polish and I like to go out and have a few beers at the time. I wasn't tied down or anything. So I went and I don't, I think the band canceled or they couldn't make it or this or that. And, um, I mean, this is all kind of fuzzy (laughs) at this point, (laughs) at some point or another, I got my. I stole my dad's polka records and turntable and grabbed an accordion and just went up there and started playing these, this music. And it was for nothing more than the pure enjoyment of just hanging out and listening to these songs. I mean, they're, they're fun songs. Um, and they're kind of, you know, there's a little stickiness to them, which is, you know, the, 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 um, you know, the, the old school feel of it all. Uh, was fun and other people seemed to like it too so then I just kind of kept doing it it was kind of once a month and then um, you know I just kind of stayed doing that for you know gosh I probably did it for about 10 years or so um, on and off but around every you know once a month and you know the they did an October fest so I bought later hosen and a fake beard and a hat and some of that costuming kind of stayed with me through the years and I made my own iron on DJ Kishka t-shirt and you know I just do silly things like that for the persona thing but but uh I always said I was to, got to act like my dad for an hour and get paid for it you know that's so. pretty awesome no you you do a great job with that you certainly you've made it you've done a great job and one last question we'll, a, we'll ask you and then we're gonna see if you're interested in playing a little quick game with us yeah of course so obviously you you were part great. of playing you've part of dingus day uh, something that certainly was created I believe in Chicago, and you brought it here 11 years ago on Gordon Square. Can you briefly. say Dingus on this show, by the way? Dingus? Yeah, yeah. absolutely. You sure? Okay, absolutely. all right. Yeah. You Worry about sure. yourself over there, man. Let those two Polish people talk here. Okay? I'm, I'm sorry. Right. Okay, I'll, I'll be over here. 
So Dingus Day is the Monday uh, after Easter. <laughs> you kind of helped put this thing together 11 years ago. Quickly tell us, how did this, right. how did you put this together? And obviously it's been extremely successful. You've been battling some challenges now with the pandemic, but it's still going right. strong. Talk a little bit about right. this, the Dingus Day that you've put together. So, so right. It, it, uh, from what I remember, I think Buffalo uh, kind of started this in the yes. States. Yes. Um, this, this, this was a, uh, this was a, it started out as a pagan holiday years. And I mean, like a, 1400 years ago or something in Poland, it was kind of a, a rite of spring thing. And then, um, you know, as Catholicism came through Europe, um, you know, they, it ended up morphing itself into being the day after Easter. Um, it's kind of the day, like instead of Mardi Gras, where you party before Lent, this was, you party the day after Lent and Easter's over. So yep. all of that fasting and stuff. Okay. Now we can go out and, and kind of, do our thing again. So, um, so that's kind of the, 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 basis of, of the idea. And then here in Cleveland, I, I, I take that idea, but I also wanted to celebrate Cleveland because there's so many, it's not just Polish, but Slovenian and Ukrainian. And I mean, just all sorts of Euro Eastern European folks moved here and made families here and put their roots down. So I wanted to, and we have the, uh, the, uh, the, the, the Polka Hall of Fame, the Slovenian uh, style Polka Hall of Fame here in, in Cleveland. So I wanted to, to have them incorporated too. So I'm trying to make it a, a love of Cleveland and a love of Eastern European culture, you know, just a, a party, you know, to bring together and showcase the talent that we still have here in Cleveland and the families we still have here in Cleveland that are, you know, celebrating. Obviously anyone and everyone does come out and party and have a great time. And that's, that's really nice. Um, yeah, no we doubt. started out 11, 11 years ago, and uh, it was <clears throat> me and a, a friend of mine, uh, Billy, who, uh, who owned the, oh no, he he had owned the Happy Dog in the past, it, but I think he had sold it by then. So then the owners of the Happy Dog and the Parkview and the Redstone, which is no longer around in that Battery Park area, we called it the Polish Triangle. Yep. And uh, yeah, we had our first, uh, I, I don't know, maybe four or 500 people came out and we had Big Chuck come out, which was awesome. He, uh, it was rumored that uh, he enjoyed himself so much at the Parkview that he, uh, he couldn't find his car. But <laughs> 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 he went out to look for it after when he left. So that's that's a little, uh, that's <laughs> that's, that's a fun little story. But he was our Grand Marshal, and we did this accordion parade in the rain from the Parkview up to the Happy Dog, and. And, and that was a lot of fun. And my aunt was the first Miss Dingus Day. So it was, it, it just started out as this grassroots festival that was just fun. And it was fun for us to do. And um, as the years went by, it's still fun, but it's still a lot, of, a lot more logistics and work and security. And now we have to sure. talk to the city of Cleveland and to get okayed for it because you got 30 some thousand people coming out. So it's, um, it's certainly... We, something we're going to continue to do. Uh, we might even do a, a, a Kishka Fest this October or fall sometime um, to kind of make up for our loss of partying that we were able to do, uh, you know, for Dingus Day. So oh, sure. we want to keep an eye out for that. Absolutely. Well, Justin, want to hear a little bit more about that, but can we have you join us for our quick game time? Yeah, let's hit it. All right, Ken, here's some good news. Scientists at UC Berkeley in California have done a study of diesel particulate matter 
in the air. I'm not sure where else you'd find diesel particulate matter, but nonetheless, <laughs> they studied it. And the study covered 1990 to 2014. That study found that the amount of DPM in California's skies fell by 78%. Wow. Cardiopulmonary and cancer deaths linked to diesel pollution over that same time dropped by 82%. Wow. That's so there is something to be said for rules and regulations as it relates to air pollution and specifically uh, diesel pollution. Clean so, energy, man. It's going to help us in so many different ways. Absolutely. That's impressive. And that is some good news. Time for another edition of Five Questions with My Kid. Today's guest is my daughter, Maddie Dworznik, who is nine years old. Maddie, I'm ready for your five questions. Are you ready? Yeah. Go ahead. Did you like playing football when you were younger? I did enjoy playing football when I was younger. I played for St. Francis de Sales because St. Charles did not have a football team. So I played football for them. And then I played football for St. Ignatius High School, where I started as a freshman, rode the pine a lot as a sophomore, and then saw very limited play as a junior. But I did like playing football, but I did more kneeling than playing, actually, because I didn't have a, I wasn't an outstanding player. I was a decent player, but I was an outstanding player. But I did enjoy playing football. What's your favorite band? My favorite band. I like Coldplay a lot. They're very good. I enjoy U2. And then I like some oldies as well. I'd have to go with Foreigner. I'd have to go with Bad Company. Um, ELO, Electric Light Orchestra, I like them as well. But I would say overall, U2 and Coldplay would be my top two. If you had all the money in the world, what would you buy? I would buy enough food that we could supply everybody in the world with a meal. Those that didn't have anything, we can get that. Um, for a fun thing, it'd be fun to have like a big boat. So we'd have to move somewhere. Obviously, we can certainly have that in Cleveland. But I mean, uh, obviously, the, the boating here is, you know, certainly not like what it is in uh, Florida or something like that. So I would say probably a big boat, like a yacht, so I can have my friends on there and my family and we can kind of cruise around. I think that'd be fun. If you had one superpower, what would it be? One superpower, that's an easy one, to run really, really fast. Not like Forrest Gump fast. I mean, I'm talking super fast, like the Flash. That, I think that would be cool. I really do. You could do so many different things with that. I'd, I, there would be my opportunity to excel at football. I'd be really fast. That's it. That's it. Well, five questions with my kid featuring Maddie Dworznik. And look for us to have another edition very soon. Ken, I have a mother-in-law moment to share. I know you love these. These are classic. You're, you're living vicariously through me. I am, actually. So I get a text from my mother-in-law last week. And the text reads, now I'm at work. And the text reads, Please call me or text me when you have a moment to talk. Okay. okay. All right. So within about 30 seconds, I text back, what do you need? Okay. I don't hear anything. <laughs> I get home 
And I think I've made this pretty clear, but for those who might be joining us for the first time, we live, my family, we live in a side-by-side with my in-laws. So I see them, talk to them on a daily basis. So I get home and I see my mother-in-law and she says, did you answer my text? And I said, yeah, I texted back and asked what you needed. And I did so like right away. And she says, oh, I guess it would help if I kept my phone near me. I don't Stop know what you're going to what you I don't know do on that. I, that's, yeah. You got to have the phone with you in order to receive the texts. You text somebody and then you don't keep the phone near you in case they call or text. Well, maybe does your, does your mother-in-law have a special phone? Like they're talking about with the newest technology that we're basically going to be using our phones through our wrists or anything like that. No. Maybe that's no, maybe she's going to have something like that. Maybe she needs something like that. So she keep track. Yeah, of it. That might help. Well, Ken, that is yet another mother-in-law moment. Time for our game time segment with our guest musician, restaurant owner, and the Cleveland Polka King, Justin Gorski, who's talking trash already. <laughs> He's talking trash already. Absolutely. Absolutely. His opponent polka has trivia, been known. Man. Come on. His opponent has been known as the big, big kielbasa for many years, Ted Klopp. Today yeah. will be polka <laughs> history. Oh I will have three different questions pertaining to the history of polka music and dance. You will have multiple choice answers for each question. Whoever has the most correct answers will be the winner. Today's winner will receive a great prize, a pierogi, a pierogi eating contest against former Cleveland Browns defensive tackle, Jamie Meter, who is known as the Polish Prince of Parma. So I, that was a perfect Damn. gift. I know you guys will put up a heck of a run against Jamie Meter, and we'll see if we'll get that together. Yeah. Justin, are you ready for these questions? Well, I think Ted and I should both battle him. I mean, for crying out loud. <laughs> I don't, I don't... All right, question number that might one. Be more fun, Ted. <laughs> yeah, maybe. The polka, which is defined as a vivacious couple dance of Bohemian origin, was developed in Eastern Bohemia, now part of Czech Republic. A peasant girl by the name of Anne Slezak is credited in creating polka moves as Sunday amusement. What year did Anne? Create the polka, which means half step in Czech. Was it 1925, 1834, 1910, or 1876? Justin, you're our guest. You get to guess first. 1876. Okay. Ted? 1834. Justin, this happens from time to time that somehow <laughs> Ted gets answers correct. I don't know how he does this, but he's actually correct. It is 1834. All right. Hey, nice, Ted. Yeah. So we're going to I'll be the up. He's got, he's got a laptop in front of him. I see it. <laughs> Close that thing, Ted. I, oh, I have nothing. Gosh. I have nothing. <laughs> All right. One to nothing. We've got a question, huh? too. All right. Frankie Yankovic was a premier accordion player and polka musician. He is known as America's polka king. Yankovic is a Cleveland native who grew up in the Collinwood area. He won the first Grammy in polka music in 1986 for his album, 70 Years of Hits. 70 Years of Polka Hits, yes. Yep. How many albums 
did Frankie Yankovic sell in his music career? Was it 1 million, 10 million, 25 million, or 30 million? And I did make mention, I don't know if I did this before, you guys can have the same answer, of course, as well. So how many hits, how many albums did Frank, Frankie Yankovic sell in his music career? 1 million, 10 million, 25 million, or 30 million? Ted, you get to guess first. 30. 30. Justin? 25. That's a good guess. The correct answer is actually 30 million. <laughs> My gosh. 30 million hits. Now, Justin, I must ask you, obviously, you, can't you know, this Frankie, now. You, can't, you make, know him really, bad. really well. Was Is that someone you kind of looked up to when you were playing music and things like that and got, you know, certainly doing stuff with polka? I like the Slovenian, uh, Frankie Yankovic. Yes. Just saying. Not Ted? Not Ted, <laughs> no. God, no. No. <laughs> Frankie, I like the Slovenian style of polka more than the, the Polish style polka, um, personally. And obviously, Frankie was the king of, you know, king of polka. It, the delivery, his voice is great. The songs are great. He had great players with him. I mean... He's from Cleveland. Yep. What, what else do you need to say? Yep. Yeah. All right, we'll move awesome. on to question question number three, Justin and Ted. Here we go. Grammy Award for Best Polka Album went from 1986 to 2009. Jimmy Stir from New York sure. won the most Grammy Awards for Best Polka Album during this time. How many Grammys did he win? Seven, 12, 10, or 18. Justin, you get to guess this time. Before Jimmy Stewart from New he, York. He won, he won quite a bit, I, I, I believe. Yes, he did. I was going to guess the highest number, but since he took it, just to be different, I'll go with 12. Okay, the answer is 18. Yes, 18. Jimmy Stewart, that's impressive. He won seven consecutive years of that award, too. That's as a crazy. Grammy. So that's a crazy, pretty good honor. Yeah. So, Justin, you fell a nice little bit short today against Ted. And I mean, it's, I'll be honest with you. I was fighting for you from one Polish guy to another. But somehow, once in a while, these people find a way. But yeah, we really anyone, appreciate anyone you taking the, the time with us. The big kielbasi. <laughs> yep, that's it. Before we let you go, can you you have so many different things going on with your life and all that stuff. I want to give you the opportunity to promote, obviously, Big Hoke and Cleveland Vegan, and if people want to hear more about your music or where they can find DJ Kishka, where can they go to see some of your stuff? Right, right. Well, always, you know, even if you're 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 not necessarily have to be vegan, but step in, try out our, our food. You know, the, I always say there's two kinds of food. There's good food and bad food. So I believe we've got a lot of good food to happen in a Cleveland Vegan. Stop in there when you can. Check out BigHoke.com. I'm on Spotify, so you just write in Big Hoke. And uh, the new album is coming out called Home. And I'll be doing a, uh, a release party soon uh, for that, a live, a live show. So I'll let you guys know when that is. And uh, we'll, we'll probably do that Kishka Fest uh, too in the fall. So there's lots of fun stuff happening here in Cleveland. You know, be a part of it. Get out there, do something. Justin, I have one more question for you before we let you go. This is a, sure, Ted, what's big, up? This is, I've saved this. This is the big, important question of the interview. Who stole the Kishka? <laughs> uh, 
Well, I, you don't, you never know. You don't know who stole the Kishka. The important thing is we know that Yashu brought it back. Okay. That's right. Fair yes. enough. So, yes. You know, that is outstanding. That's, that's all you need to know. It's back. Okay. Yashu's got it. We're, everything's cool. You know, for a second there, it was touch and go, but it's back and it's all yours, Ted. Enjoy all that right. Kishka. Thank you, Justin. <laughs> Have you heard about Anchor? I'm not talking about the one for a boat. This is the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. There are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money for your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. The most trusted name in journalism, Klops Clips. Ken, here we go with more news that you probably haven't heard but probably should have known about. A Canadian lawmaker attended a virtual meeting of the House of Commons and he appeared stark naked. (laughs) William Amos had just a mobile phone covering his privates. He claimed his video was on by accident while changing his clothes after going for a jog. A colleague said he was utterly mortified. Ken? Uh, so are we. Yeah. Zoom 101 here. Remo- uh, hybrid hybrid meeting 101 here. Uh, turn your camera off if you're naked. Yeah. Why would you think that's okay? Do you think, oh, the camera won't pick this up. If the camera's on, it's going to show it. If the microphone's yeah. on, it's going to hear it. Here we go. Come on. <laughs> A groom in Indonesia used GPS to get to his wedding venue with his entourage, but wound up at the wrong place. The place he arrived at was hosting an engagement party. His entourage thought the other fiancé's group was just other family members, and the other fiancé's friends thought the same. The groom and company shook hands and took what they thought were their seats at the event. The fiancé was late to the party getting her makeup done. Once she arrived and the snafu was discovered, the groom and his friends took off in a hurry. Come on, man. You got one job. Get to the location. How do you not know where you're getting married? Wow, that's bad. That might be a sign that maybe the other person might want to step away from what's going on here. Could be. Could be. Are the the clouds parting to give you a sign? 
TSA agents in Houston spotted something odd inside some food during an x-ray of carry-on luggage. Upon closer examination, a breakfast burrito seemed to have more than food in it. Investigators found crystal meth oh, in the burrito. Crystal oh. meth. The unidentified traveler has been arrested. That's, oh, that's surprising. That's a heck of a that's a heck of a burrito. I wouldn't eat that. <laughs> well, uh, I wouldn't eat that. Holy cow. Hey, the latest shortage as a result of that cargo ship that blocked the Suez Canal for several days. This is important. Ken, I know you might have some some gardening that you're gonna do soon at oh, your home. I'm a big gardener. You yeah. That. Uh so that so that cargo ship that blocked the Suez Canal has had all kinds of repercussions. The latest is happening at gardening stores in Britain. They're seeing a severe shortage of garden gnomes. <laughs> no, not the gnomes. Apparently, no. the raw materials to make the gnomes are <laughs> in short supply. Outdoor furniture and other decorations are also apparently feeling the squeeze. That's fine, but don't you mess with my gnomes. I must have my garden gnome. Do you have a garden gnome, by the way? Do I don't have, have a garden. I don't have a garden. Well, we don't either, and we don't have a gnome. Yeah. Nothing. But it'll give me the opportunity to get my gnome. I, my, my mother-in-law is short. Does that count? Poor lady. She's <laughs> taking it. Yep. And that is this week's collection of Klopp's Clips. Ken, we are wrapping up episode 51. Lots of good stories, interesting stories. Uh, Mr. Uh, uh, Porznick, I'm sorry, Cluton, uh, 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 Dworznik, yes. Uh, you over there, you. Yeah, thoughts on any uh, anything that uh, we had on the show this week? I, I think the more and more as we've talked to people and we kind of reminisced last week, the more and more I just feel as though, what have I done with my life? Here's these people that we've talked to, you know, take your pick. So this week we have Justin Gorski, DJ Kishka. I mean, how talented is that guy? I mean, come on, making yeah. music, doing the polka stuff, doing all this helps put together a big celebration. Ted, I have a hard time driving the car sometimes. I think I should get an award just for getting up in the morning. And here's these people doing all these different things. Holy cow. I'm just proud of myself when I get the show posted on the right day. Yeah, that's <laughs> half the battle. Yeah. I feel like we've accomplished a lot when we get everything done. And well, you know, last making music and doing all this stuff. Last week we had Steve on our pro wrestling guy. I felt like we produced a Jerry Lewis telethon last week. The thing was over <laughs> an hour long. So we're gonna that try was to, a little bit longer last week, but it was good. I mean, it was good yeah. quality stuff. I've got a lot of great feedback. Yeah, so we'll try to, try to keep it more concise, but, you know, that was some interesting stuff we talked about. Now, next week, speaking of interesting stuff, <laughs> we have Dr. Terry O'Toole joining us next week. Ken, can you tell us what specialty Dr. O'Toole is involved in? Dr. O'Toole is a proctologist. And anytime you say that name, proctologist, everyone gives the same reaction. It's either yeah. ooh or they laugh. Yeah, One of the two. Pretty much. But so I've known I've known Dr. O'Toole for quite a long time. And last month, the month of March, was Men's Health Month. 
and actually prostrate awareness. And I know we don't like to get serious all the time because this is kind of a funny show, but this is a very important thing for men to get checked. And Dr. O'Toole is going to kind of talk about some things that go along with that and some measures you need to take. And obviously we're going to have some laughs and, and things like that, I imagine. If so. you don't think that we will have a series of proctologist jokes ready to go, then you aren't familiar with this show. I think we'll have jokes, but I, knowing Dr. O'Toole, he'll have his own jokes as well because he doesn't take himself seriously, which is I'm looking forward to catching up with him and talking to him. So, but uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's an important thing. And as yeah. we get older, that's something that we're going to have to concern ourselves. And uh, we will not be doing anything live on the show or anything like that. It's just this talking. Is, so, so there's no special video edition. No, not to my knowledge, unless okay. Dr. O'Toole called you direct, but no, I, I've no. not heard that. So. No, no, no. But it should be a great conversation. It should be uh, very informational, but certainly fun as well with Dr. O'Toole. Well, Ken, I'm not sure how to transition from proctology to the close of the show. So I'll just give you an opportunity to try that. <laughs> we'll just leave it at this. We're just two middle-aged men in Cleveland. Two middle-aged men in Cleveland is sponsored by Anchor.fm. Everything you need to make a podcast in one place. And by Westminster AV. Custom audio-visual packages for all occasions. Yasso found the key, Scott. Yasso found the key, Scott.